Miami Beach is calling your name to the biggest ETF industry event of the year, Exchange. Exchange is engineered to deliver high value by providing a space to learn, interact, and network with the most influential thought leaders in the industry, built with financial advisors, not just for them. Go to exchangeetf.com to register and enter EOTW for 50% off your registration. Again, that's exchangeetf.com and apply the discount code EOTW. See you in February. If you want to learn about investing in exchange-traded funds, you've come to the right place. This is the ETF of the week, where we get the latest from ETFtrends.com Chief Executive Officer Tom Lydon. Tom, great to be with you again. Great to be back. Thanks, Chuck. Your ETF of the week is the Schwab Aerial ESG ETF, ticker symbol S-A-E-F. S A E F, a really interesting pick. It is Charles Schwab's first ESG ETF strategy, and that by itself makes it worth looking at. But Schwab doesn't try to make it that you look. Schwab tries to make it that you buy and that you're interested. So is this something that you're looking at and that ESG investors should take notice of, Tom? So Chuck, a couple things. This is a brand new ETF. This is going to be one of those ETF of the week where we talk about the lay of the land. And ESG is one of those areas that's been extremely popular. The money flowing into ESG ETFs is up 50% compared to last year. And there are a lot of different shapes and sizes. The industry, to some degree, has been calling for consistency with ESG ratings The SEC has even looked at that. However, as we know, not only index providers like MSCI and S&P have their own way of looking at ESG, but all the different managers look at ESG their own way as well. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. It's nice to be able to have choice. It's nice to be able to pick out how different managers rate companies on an ESG standpoint. And with that being said, let's talk about Ariel. Ariel is the oldest African-American-owned asset manager in the United States. They've been in business for over 40 years. And not only that, Charles Schwab and Ariel have had a relationship that's gone back to the late 1990s, where every year they do a survey that talks about the differences that Black and white Americans look at investing, their finances, and anything regarding money. And they've learned a lot from that. And with that, not only has Ariel developed strategies to maybe make their investing a little bit more diversified, that's best for all people, but Schwab has also incorporated some of what they've learned into their servicing. So it's all good. However, fast forward, we've seen this ETF launched. It's got some uniqueness. In addition to the history of the asset manager behind it, Ariel, it's actively managed. It's also weighted more heavily in small cap and mid cap stocks. Most of the ESG offerings that we've seen out there today have been in huge companies, S&P 500 companies. This allows them an opportunity to dig down the funnel a little bit deeper into smaller companies that are making a difference. 
you know, you talk about how ESG is not necessarily consistent. And on the one hand, yes, that gives choice. On the other hand, it puts an emphasis that the investor who wants to be ESG has to do some homework. It used to be with traditional mutual funds when social funds and socially responsible funds, and I hate that term because it implies everyone else is irresponsible, but when those were the hot things and just coming out, you had to understand, did your fund invest in, say, government bonds because they support the arts community, or did they not invest in government bonds because they fund the war machine? As we're getting ESG ETFs, are there those distinctions where people who say, my reason for being ESG is I really care about the carbon footprint, or I really care about support of certain organizations, do you have to dig in to find out with each one because you can like the management company, you can like the sponsor, but you still don't know how they define ESG? Yeah, they're not all equal. They look at it differently. And back to your point, Chuck, about socially responsible funds, you and I are old enough to remember they were fairly popular. However, it was implied that you had to give up performance and they were also more expensive. And there were people that would actually do that. They would actually give up performance to buy them because they felt better. But you don't have to do that today. Not only are they fairly inexpensive, number one, but from a performance standpoint, there's a strong case to say if you've got a portfolio, whether it's index-based or actively managed, and your portfolio has a high ESG rating, especially for the last three years, you've actually done better than those that don't have an ESG screen. It's now expected among asset managers and financial advisors because so many of their clients want to address the ESG information that's available and want to feel better about their portfolio while at the same time not paying a lot for it and not giving up performance. But one of the things that used to happen was that there were these judgments that came along with social investing. You either were a social investor or you weren't. People would kind of get this feeling it was like being a little bit pregnant. You can't be. You either are or you're not. Normally, we're saying, where does the money come from and, and what are you taking out to buy something that's an ETF for the week? For this, if you haven't been an ESG investor, but you like it and you're watching the product development, this is a good first step, but you don't have to go all the way, jettison everything you've got to say, okay, I'm all ESG now. It's back to the individual. When we get to this point in the interview, it always comes back to the individual. Number one, how much time are you spending on your portfolio? How critical are you about your holdings? How active do you want to be as far as trends and things like that? I mean, Chuck, look, there are people out there that feel really adamant that if your publicly traded company does not have at least half of the board members, female or non-Caucasian, that they don't want to invest in them. If you've got some diversification on your board, you already pass some of those ESG tests. So fast forward, what we're going to see, it's not just ETFs and the underlying indexes that may become more and more critical, but direct indexing is something that you and I haven't spent a lot of time talking about. But for example, Charles Schwab just offered this up free of charge to financial advisors that you can actually screen for these types of things and put them in a tax-efficient model. 
And if your client comes in and said, look, I don't want you investing in any boards that doesn't have this criteria, you can now do that and manage it in a tax efficient way. So choice is something that investors love and advisors love too. How critical you're going to be or the average investor is going to be, it's going to be all up to them because there are going to be a lot of choices, not only in ETFs, but the way they can implement those types of strategies. As choices go, this is literally the newest choice on the block. The current assets on this fund are about a hundred grand, which means it has seed money. Nobody else has invested yet because it is that new. Now that means, of course, that there's no moving average, but this is a bedrock position. It doesn't really strike me as something that would be a 200-day moving average play. But we always are asking the question about critical mass. And I know what your answer is going to be. It's Schwab bolstered by Ariel. No reason to worry about those companies getting to critical mass, with one exception. Schwab's never done an ESG ETF. So are we telling people about this and saying, proceed with caution, yellow light until we can get more assets in? Or is this a go from the beginning? I think it's a sit and wait. I think we'd like to see more assets, number one. But the other thing I'd like to see is if Schwab and Ariel have this history of looking at African-Americans and the way they look at their finances, their savings, their investing, their other financial priorities. I'm assuming because they have this relationship based on this annual survey that it'll make the way to the portfolio. So let's see if that happens as well. And if it does, because they found small and mid cap companies and they can buy them in an active way, I think that's really appealing. And I think that if they can prove this out, that within the portfolio that they're sticking to that mandate, I think this is going to be a popular ETF. There's been a lot of talk about actively managed ETFs and how active fund managers don't want to publish their portfolio daily, which of course is something that you have to do if you're running a classic ETF. There are some ways that funds are getting around it. But in this case, these guys are having what they call a proxy portfolio that they will publish every day that they think is going to help trading in the shares of their fund. Is that something that's going to help set a trend and again, push the ETF revolution along? You know, ETFs were based on low costs and transparency and tax efficiency. I think we can understand how active managers, bigger companies who are now entering the space, don't want to show their secret sauce every day. What you just described allows investors and advisors to take a little bit closer peek with not seeing every spice that's in that recipe. And that's one more reason we are watching this ETF of the week, seeing how it develops. It's the Schwab Ariel ESG ETF, ticker SAEF, the ETF of the week from Tom Lydon. Tom, happy Black Friday. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. I've got your holiday list, Chuck, and I'm chipping away at it. Awesome. Can't wait. The ETF of the week is a joint production between ETFtrends.com and Money Life with Chuck Jaffe. That's me. And you can learn all about my hour-long weekday podcast on your favorite podcast app or at moneylifeshow.com. To learn all about investing with exchange-traded funds, check out ETFtrends.com. They're on Twitter at ETFtrends. And Tom Lydon, their chief executive, my guest, well, he's on Twitter too, at Tom Lydon. The ETF of the week is normally available on Thursdays. This week for Thanksgiving, we took an extra day, but we'll be back next Thursday and we hope you'll follow along and not miss a thing. 
Until then, happy holidays and happy investing, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>